Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Andre, the Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the number one sports and recreation podcast on planet Earth. My name is Peter Rosenberg. I am joined by Bear the Dog, who is in the cut. Bear, what's good, fam? Bear, come here. And also, from the streets of Philadelphia, I'm guessing, it would be the physically large, the physically strong, the physically congested, the physically Bret Hart loving, SGG. What's up, Greg? What's going on, Peter? I'm back for a full episode this week, this time. You're, are you, um, did you have a good July 4th? Um, I did. I did. Uh, I, I beat the heat a little bit. I got out for a quick second, but it was too hot to be in the streets waiting for fireworks. So, well, you needed to be the, you wanted to be the physically comfortable. Exactly. So I definitely, um, went out for a little bit and realized that it was too hot for me in these, uh, Philadelphia streets. So I came back home and enjoyed those fireworks uh via television a lot of television watching a lot of people it seems like did the the depressing move which i enjoy in a depressing way of watching the fireworks on tv um did you were you able to consume any delicious chicken for the holiday um i did i went the burgers route this this week the, you know burgers pizza got it hot dogs very Americana, so not much delicious chicken. But it sounds like you still. It's. I was gonna say it still. It sounds like though you still found a way to consume delicious food, regardless. Yeah, there's always a way. We'll always find a way. Well, that's why we're proud of you. That's what makes you who you are, SGG. Um, so there are many things to get to when it comes to the world of professional wrestling. I suppose SGG will do what we always do. Uh, by the way, on the show today, I will be talking to uh, Alexa Bliss later on today. So hang out for that. We Correct. also will have, yes. Raw Women's Champion. Alexa Thank Bliss. you. You know what? I'm sorry. I disrespected. Yeah. Um, we'll talk to the Raw. Don't say that to her. The Raw Women's Champion, Alexa Bliss, in a little while. And on top of that, uh, we will also get to the mailbag, which now everyone everyone waits for with bated breath. But SGG, why don't you start out by telling us what happened outside the ring? So the big news outside the ring is uh, the injury bug is back this year for, uh, and it claimed a couple of superstars. Um, Ruby Riot apparently um, suffered a sprained MCL in a match mm-hmm. over the weekend, um, and Bray Wyatt also over the weekend was in a, a car accident. His injuries are as of yet um, undisclosed. But he was injured in a car accident over the weekend, which is why he didn't appear on Monday Night Raw. And Shinsuke Nakamura was injured um, by a police dog. Yes. He was bit in the leg by a police dog, I think, last week, just before SmackDown at a live event. And uh, he's been out. No word on when he should be back, but he should be back soon, though. Well, yeah, I mean, I know they kept him. He definitely is in the match at um, Extreme Rules against Jeff Hardy. Um, but I think they would have gotten to that sooner, sooner had he not suffered that injury. The very rare 
The very rare bomb-sniffing dog attack. Yeah. You just don't hear it. You just don't hear it every single day. Um, And you know they say, like, um, those drug dogs and bomb dogs take cues from uh, their handlers. So they can sometimes be um, racially biased if their handlers exhibit some type of bias. And they are mimicking that. So I don't know. I don't know. It seems a little suspect that Shinsuke was the one who got bit by a... Well, do we know if anyone else was around? What was that? Because he was working out, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, Do we know if anyone else was in the gym? I don't know if anyone else was in the gym when he was... uh, when he was attacked, I feel comfortable calling this an attack. I'm a Shinsuke Nakamura fan, so. So, are, so real quick, as you just to keep track for everyone at home, are you accusing the bomb sniffing dog of being a racist? Yes, this racist dog attacked <laughs> Shinsuke Nakamura, <laughs> bit him in the lower leg, lower and left it required, leg, and it required like 14 stitches. Yeah, he was on crutches. He was walking to Japan with crutches uh, when they went to Tokyo. Yeah, not the world's best timing. And what a weird injury bug to come around. I mean, what's next? You talk about car accidents, dog bites. I mean, Ruby Riots was Ruby the, Riot, Ruby I mean, Riot she got injured ring. in the ring. Okay, good. Good. It's a very strange. I mean, what what else? I'm trying to think of what this is like the New York Mets uh injury report. I mean, <laughs> you know, like what? What's next? Um, Roman Reigns injures his hand trying to stick it up a vending machine to pull down a pack of bugles. You know that's that's possible. Like where does this? Where do we go? AJ Styles out six to eight weeks because he was uh, jumping on a pogo stick and impaled himself. I mean, where are we going? <laughs> um. All right. What else happened outside the ring? SGG? And um, this isn't really new, but we didn't we didn't talk about it. I don't believe. Uh, but Keith Lee signed. Um, to WWE, he was at NXT Takeover, Chicago, Chicago Two, and it seems to indicate that he signed and he'll be making his debut, um, pretty soon. Keith Lee, if everybody's not familiar, is a former PWG champion, and um, and honestly, I'm just getting getting hip to his work, but uh, there was an article on cage side seats called meet Keith Lee that really does, does him justice. Um, and he's got some, some matches on YouTube against Donovan Dijak and, uh, Matt Riddle that you can watch for free if you just YouTube that. Um, but I was very impressed with what I saw though. I'm looking forward to seeing him uh, in NXT. And, and wasn't there another signing, uh, from Japan as well? Oh yes. Um, I don't know how to pronounce her name, so I don't want to butcher it. But I think it's Io Shirai. She signed to WWE recently, um, so she might be headed to NXT. I might even see her in the May Young Classic. Mm, very, very, very interesting. Um, anything else outside the ring, SGG? No, that was all we had. So we can dive right into uh, the week that How was. dare you? Whenever how you dare ready. you? How dare you skip over? Peter Rosenberg's oh top five ESPN wrestler list. I mean, come on, man. You see me at all times representing the brand, representing the culture. You know, I made an appearance on, on ESPN Get Up, and what did I do but give you a top five superstar ranking? 
which turned SGG. out to be a very controversial list that shouldn't have been controversial, but. Well, it just goes to show what list would not be controversial. I mean, I, I don't know how you, anytime you do a top five in a field in which there have been hundreds of, of beloved great talents, how could it not be controversial? Um, I will tell you, I came up with that list like in five minutes, just thinking about where I, where I wanted to go. And I'll tell you, it's a list I might run with, SGG. For those of you that missed it, ESPN put it on their YouTube channel. If you go look up there, you can look for, you know, Peter Rosenberg top five wrestler list. But I ended up doing number five, Andre, number four, Savage, number three, Dusty, number two, Flair, number one, Hogan. And don't get me wrong, you can definitely argue about a lot of it. But, I think that with like force to decide, I don't know how differently I would. I, like, who do you take out from that top five? Oh, Hogan. <laughs> but <laughs> right, but if you're if you're not talking about personal reasons, I mean, honestly though, like you can. There's been so many, right? Like you could you could see Andre getting taken out of that top five. But then, like you, Andre, you Andre, them. you could people. You're right. You're right. People would take the ones that people would feel they have a chance to adjust. Would be they could take out Andre, they could take out Savage, and they yep. could take out Dust, and they could out Dusty if they wanted to. Yeah, but like right, but Hogan, even, Hogan, Hogan, and Flair are locked into the top five somewhere. Yeah, right. Somewhat because then, like generationally, I could see, and I said this um, on this program before, I could see. Some people, depending on their age, start uh, sliding Cena into that Hogan spot. Hell, even Paul Heyman has slid Cena into that Hogan spot. Um, so, you know, I, it's like you said, it's tough coming up with the five because there's everybody has their own criteria. And there have been um, a lot of great candidates over the year. You even mentioned Shawn Michaels and um, Undertaker as people who weren't in your top five that people could see. Um, you could see people throwing in there. Stone Cold Steve Austin is uh, another. Yeah, I mean, one. I think, I, I think, I think you know the other one, the ones that are left out there: Austin, Rock, Cena, Undertaker, Brett, Sean, Bruno. Um, Bruno. Um, you know, don't get me wrong; any of those could belong. I just feel, you know. You you could argue Undertaker is over Dusty. Um, I I don't think you can argue against Andre. It's so hard for me to argue against Andre. I I know that. I guess there are people that would. Um, I know there are people who would leave out Savage, but I mean, to it, you know, that to me, that's my personal. Him and Brett are the two to me that, on a personal level are just so high. And I think Savage is the better argument for a mainstream conversation. Well, because the thing about Savage, was, right? Mm-hmm. If if you want to be real, he's the he's like the best like when you think about all the things that make a pro wrestler, right? You got the look, the in ring ability, being able to go on the mic 
and being a super popular draw. He's the one that has like the best combination of everything that somebody would look for in a pro wrestler. So if you want to be really real, he is the one. But I, I, like you said, I love Brett so much. I can't, can't admit that. Yeah. And you know, I mean, I mentioned to give Brett a shout out when I was on there, but I, I agree. I think Savage, I mean, listen, from a long, like if he was to cut promos in this era in the ring, it could be a little weird. He might not fit in. But for the way they used him on the mic, which was like interviews with me and Gene, he was genius. I mean, he made, he like made sense, didn't make sense, it, but it was always entertaining and compelling. And then athletically, you know, athletically, he's better than Hogan, better <laughs> than Flair, better than Destiny, better than Undertaker. The only people you're gonna, you're gonna put in a conversation with, the, with him from an athleticism standpoint of the all time greats is Shawn Michaels. Yeah. I mean, right now in this current era, there are some people that I think are phenomenal athletes like Dolph. Um, you know, and some different people that you've seen that you go, okay. But otherwise, Savage, better athlete than The Rock. Better than Austin. Better than any of them. Jericho. Um, who is there that he's not a bet that he isn't, was it more natural? Wasn't able to like, he did everything well. Everything you could do basically in a wrestling ring, he did it well. Um, yeah. you know, if he wasn't there is a, big, a list. It's a very short. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I know there could be people I'm forgetting. You know, um, Dynamite Kid was phenomenal. Uh, Davy Boy's pretty phenomenal too. But obviously, n- nowhere near him in terms of popularity. That's another thing you have to remember. For as much as we all go, well, Hogan's the most famous of all time. And he is. Savage is just one notch behind. Snap into a Slim Jim and ooh yeah is yeah. right there behind Eddie. Right there. Yep. You know, he really was huge. Uh, there's just no way around it. So, and then Dusty, Dusty's great for so many reasons. A, I mean, as the baby face for Flair, there was nobody better. Um, he was on the mic the best ever, maybe? Yeah. I mean, I, I would say Dusty's the best to ever pick up a mic. And then you go and look at how big his influence is right now. Everyone who's great in, in basically in WWE who's young right now, like 90% of them were taught by Dusty. Dusty's kids, man. Dusty's NXT kids. And it's true, man. All of them. All of them. From KO, Rollins, um, everybody. It's like a who's who of the future. And he helped. They, they will all give him some type of credit for helping their careers be what it is. Whether he helped them with their self-confidence or helped them be more comfortable or helped them own who they were. Um, like you said, his influence is, is everywhere. His fingerprints are everywhere. And then let me look right now. Let's see. What year do you think he debuted? Like 1970? Dusty was like 60-something. Cause wasn't he in a tag team in the 60s with, um, Dick, not Dick Murdoch. Was it Dick Slater? It was one of the one of the Dicks. I don't know which one, but early career. And I thought, yeah, sixty seven. 
Um, let's see. In 1967, he saw an ad for professional wrestling uh, promotion based in Boston. He drove to Boston. Um, then he was in he was in world class with the Von Erichs in 1968. He was working for Fritz Von Erich. This is where uh, it was in Texas where he first took the name Dusty Rhodes. And then, yes, Dick Murdoch in 1968 to form the Texas Outlaws. So the Dusty Rhodes imprint on wrestling went from 1968. And I'm talking about the direct imprint, not just like general influence. From 1968 when he started, 67 when he started, which is, I'm sorry, 50 years ago? Yeah. It will last from then until like, you know, Sasha Banks or whoever the young whoever the youngest people to work with him at NXT retires. You know, his imprint could be 70 years that he's directly influenced on overall wrestling. I mean, from the absolute pinnacle of the territory days through just like the complete modern era. It's it's unreal. So, yeah. I- and even after, like, even after someone like Cody retires, if Cody continues on into the business backstage, like, Dusty's influence could, could just keep going. You know, that's a good point. We have no idea how long Cody Rhodes is an influential person. Now, last thing I'll say about the last thing I'll say about uh, yesterday. Um, after I aired, after the thing aired. ESPN's number one fan, Ric Flair, sends me a text message. I'll take number two all day long, my friend. And then sends me a happy 4th of July, happy birthday America, American flag uh, (laughs) picture. So that made my day to know that the Nate saw it. Um... And a lot of people hit me like, oh, what would Stone Cold say? There's not anyone out there. You'd have to be a real egomaniac to be offended to not be included in that list. Well, this is the Peter Rosenberg uh, top five wrestlers of all time list. So I don't think you have to be a real egomaniac. I think you, it's it's the Peter Rosenberg list. Who doesn't want to want to receive you know, that point. honor? You know, you know what, SGJ? It's a great point out of you. Who wouldn't want to be involved in something like this? Um, all right, continue on, SGG. Where do you want to start this week? Um, this was a weird, weird week of wrestling. So I guess we just start at the beginning, right? Um, Monday Night Raw, which I have to say, I had hopes, high hopes for it, but I was a little bit let down at the execution of certain things. Um, Sasha Bailey and counseling, I think I was really looking forward to it. And hopefully, you know, it's to be continued. So we'll see where they actually end up going with it and how it turns out. But right now, um, I didn't really think they captured some of that magic of Daniel Bryan and Kane in uh, therapy with Dr. Shelby. Well, SGG, you're, you're being way too kind. This is my uh, – mark it down. This would be your Rosenberg hot take of the week. I, I'm disgusted that they did that. I'm disgusted by the Dr. Shelby bit i 
cannot believe how long we've sat on this podcast and talked about why are they making the Sasha Bailey story so complicated. It's a story old as time. It's two best friends who can no longer stand each other. This is so easy. And they took forever. It was ruined. It didn't happen for Mania. It didn't happen for, uh, what was Backlash? It didn't, okay. It doesn't happen, doesn't happen. You give up on it. Then they bring it back. Somehow, against all odds, last week was great. Bailey really went over the top and it, it felt really bitter and angry and intense. And Greg, how do they follow it up? But by turning it into like a total joke? Yeah. I mean, why? Why even do a therapist thing? They're beyond that. That was months ago. They're already fighting. They are physically hitting. They are beating the hell out of each other. We are beyond that as being, I just don't get it. I, I'm sorry. You know, I'm normally, I keep it together. I try to see the silver lining, but Greg, I don't understand. Last week was so good. Why now put them in the same room? How could they be in a room hanging out the week after Bailey was standing on top of her after beating her into a pulp? How? Yeah, I mean, they they definitely entered blood feud territory with the with the Bailey attack, and you know when you watch it, Sasha has no idea that this is Bailey um, doing this to her. Uh, you know, for as much as Bailey talks about Sasha stabbing her in the back, every time Sasha. Did something heelish? At least Sasha did it to her face. So when Bailey attacked her from behind after the loss, um, and Sasha gets that first glimpse of who it is just pounding her, like you can see the horror on her face, and she's so shocked that she can't even fight back. So I, I agree with you that to follow it up with this therapy is weird, but I, I feel like they're just in a holding pattern until SummerSlam. So they they have. I don't say they have nothing for them in the weeks to come, but they they're just letting it breathe a little bit. I mean, I mean, would it have been that hard this week to have, you know, Bailey have a match against someone else, and Sasha runs down and attacks Bailey and interrupts the match, and they have to get separated? And that's it for this week. Why why is that so hard? I mean, would would it have been that big a deal or that bad if this week? It was Bailey versus Alicia Fox, and the, the match starts, and Sasha Banks comes walking through the crowd, jumps over the thing, and just attacks her. DQ, schmoz. They break it up, screaming at each other, and we move on to next week. Why, mean, what's wrong I, with that? Honestly, maybe they couldn't do it because they already have one woman who's been suspended. Because, I mean... If Ronda wasn't suspended, that would be the perfect thing to slot in either Bailey or Sasha for. Like, you guys can't stop fighting. You can't um, You can't be around each other. You're suspended. One or both of them. And um, then but, they blame each other. But you don't even need a suspension. Like, I just, just fight and get it broken up and, and continue to the next week. This isn't rocket science. They hate each other. There's a pay-per-view in two weeks. They're obviously going to have a match. You know, so they, they, this week they attack each other again. It gets broken up. They announce the match. Did they announce the match yet? No, I'm, I'm trying to just place it like 
It's tough because I want to support this feud. Like we've been waiting for it for so long. And to me, the the Dr. Shelby situation didn't feel like as much of a stumbling block as I'm realizing it is. I'll admit. Um, what you didn't it, you didn't you mean you didn't realize in the moment how stupid it was? Well, I did, but I'm being patient with it. Like I did, but at the same time I'm just like, you know what? We'll see where it goes. We'll see where I'm fully I'm fully not expecting them to be best friends again after the therapy session. I'm expecting the therapy session to make it worse, actually. Um I I just uh, the second I saw it, I like wanted to throw the remote. I couldn't believe it. It it was just such a why would you go to such a humorous tone? Why? I don't, I don't understand. Is there a reason? Like they felt like they went too far and they have to like soften up Bailey again? Like they were like, oh my gosh, it's weird. It's weird to see Bailey go this far. That's what it felt like to me. It felt like someone was like, oh, we shouldn't do this with Bailey. And that's been the problem. Hesitancy yeah, has been the problem. That's the mistake too, though, because Bailey is the exact person um, you do this with. If you ask me, like, because she's the one you wouldn't expect. That's why I of thought course. it was so brilliant for her to go over the top and be so brutal last week because she's the one you'd expect that from Sasha, and that's what you've been getting from Sasha all this time. So for Bailey to do it, it brings out that viciousness that we've never seen from her. I was extremely annoyed. You know, I'll be honest. Let me just say it what it is. SmackDown is just so much better than Raw right now. And it's, and it's not even like SmackDown's doing the groundbreaking things we're going to talk about forever. It's just so much more straightforward. You know, it just, you know, when, when I watch Monday and Tuesday, Monday to me feels like this modern version of what pro wrestling is. Everything about it is like very, very much promotional, very much. It feels, it just feels huge. And then Tuesday is like you're taking a, a magnifying glass and getting much smaller and it feels much more, at least much closer to what wrestling has always felt like. Do you agree? Yeah, no, I think that's a really fair comparison. Um, so I forget who said it. I think it was Scott Hall, and, he, and it it always comes back to that, how one show is a wrestling show, and then one show is um, a show about a wrestling show. Yeah, it's really, really the true. the difference between Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, listen, it, it, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. It's just, it's not like anything that crazy. It's just like... This is SmackDown's an actual wrestling show. That's it. Yeah, I mean, but now with that in mind, though, do I feel like they totally threw everything away with Bailey and Sasha being in therapy? I don't yet, but um, I do see your point, though. Like, it feels like they definitely took some steps backwards, especially considering just how vicious they've been. Not even they, how vicious Bailey has been over um last the course of last week's Raw compared to this week just being able to sit next to her and not really have any issues. It's it's very weird. Um it, it, I'm not giving up. 
No, I hear you. I'm not completely throwing it away, but I will say that I was extremely disappointed. It didn't go forwards. It went backwards. It didn't even go backwards. It went like left and diagonal, and I just didn't get it. Um, so what do you think comes from this session with Dr. Shelby? Nothing. What could come from it? Like, was it just like people are just, they were like, oh, well, we, we brought back Team Hell No. Oh, yeah, that reminds me of the therapist. I don't even understand. <laughs> I don't understand it, bro. I don't. No part of me understands. Is there something you think is going to happen because of it? Like, oh, well, they're going to try to, like, tag together again and be like, oh, maybe we can be friends. And then they're going to re-break up again for the 80th time? <laughs> you know what? Be after being forced to actually give it that deep thought and hear hear your uh, response to it, I, I gotta admit. Well, a it looks like that is what's gonna happen. Um, and b that would be a terrible idea. But I, I, I guess I'll hold out hope that what actually happens is Doctor Shelby fails, like he's not able to get them on the same page. Um. And he actually makes things worse, and this blood feud goes where it needs to go. Because it really is just about getting them back to Brooklyn for the final match. In, in, well, not the final match, but, you know, they can recreate some of that magic from the first takeover Brooklyn on the main roster, hopefully. Also, I just want to ask a question. Why... Would Kurt Angle decide when the entire show is based on fighting? The entire concept of WWE is based on people who don't like each other fighting. Why would he say that Bailey and Sasha need to go to therapy? Because they were once friends? I mean, everybody was once friends. Like, th this is a professional fighting league, right? That's what WWE in theory is, right? It's a fighting league. Why? Would two people who just fought each other go to therapy together to fix it? I mean, it would be one thing if they were a tag team. They're not. For Daniel Bryan and Kane, it makes sense because they're supposed to be tag teaming together. So we have to get them on the same page. Why do you need Bailey and Sasha on the same? Anyways, I'm getting angry. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll say this to close it up. Put a ball on this. You're, you're absolutely right. Maybe I'm being a little bit too patient with it. But the more I listen and the more you dig in, you are absolutely right. Especially with this last point. Um, there's a single competitors. They don't need to be on the same page because at any point they should be able to walk away from each other. I mean, listen, I'm still excited. I want to see them wrestle. I'm still excited to see the match. It's just like how we're getting there. It's just you're, you're doing too much, bro. Um, and then... The Braun KO, here, I feel like with Braun KO, this is a theme. The only story that seems to happen with Braun over and over again is Braun get angry. Braun go break things. Braun go do crazy things to you we've never seen before. That's it. And was the, the problem is- Was the porta potty thing really that crazy though? That's the thing. That's what drove me the most crazy. 
We've already seen him destroy the entire backstage set. We've seen him flip over cars. I'm supposed to really get that excited about him pushing over a porta potty? Right. I'm, I don't, was it, you thought the same thing? I did. I did. The most impressive thing about Braun with the porta potty to me was the fact that he got it through that door. I was like, oh, it's, what is it like? It's not going to make it. And then he poop, popped it through the door. I was like, okay. Maybe he is freakishly strong. He just bent that porta potty enough to fit. <laughs> But yeah, that, was, I, that was the most that was the most surprising part was it being able to fit in the building. Him then pushing it over, it's it just like why it, the the porta potty actually looked mad flimsy. Yeah, but the, still, it like it has some structure to it though. Like, so if it's no, if no, no, it's no, too no, wide no, for the door frame, it's too wide. No, 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 no. I agree with you in terms of that part, but in terms of pushing it over, it didn't look that impressive. Yeah, that was not a pay. That was not a good payoff for for. All of that, like you, you let him drag it all the way through the arena to put it to the edge of the ramp to do the least brutal thing we've seen him do. That's the thing. Like I've seen Shane, I've seen Shane O'Mac fall a thousand feet before. You're telling me Kevin Owens got pushed over two feet in a porta potty, and I think I'm going to think, by God, he's dead. Why? Right. And not only that, like actually, he was covered in blue liquid. Like has, this has this porta potty never been used? By the way, that was crazy too. Blue, it looked like he was covered in blue paint. Yeah. His, like, at least, at least give me some color, like, this thick blue liquid. A thick brown, I'd have been like, okay, that's disgusting. Or even like a, like a, a yellow, like a thin yellow, something. But like, the blue, I, I, I was agree. like, oh. It's not that bad. I, that was, you know what? I'm glad you mentioned that. That was another part that I found very confusing. Like, why? Why? Um, <laughs> right. Just why? Let me think about some things I liked this week. Uh, I liked uh, Jeff Hardy and The Miz. Jeff Hardy's still Jeff Hardy. Yeah, Jeff Hardy's got it. Jeff Hardy's still Jeff got Hardy's. It. Jeff Hardy is still very much Jeff Hardy. I enjoyed their match. Um, the team hell no stuff is, is totally fine and intentionally funny. Like their intentionally hokey stuff is fun. I have no issue with it. That's, that's what it's supposed to be. And that's fine. Um, Asuka and Ellsworth was cool. I would have liked to have seen Ellsworth get his butt kicked, but. Yeah, um, I would have liked to see a proper finish, um, for that one too. Yeah, I would have rather just seen him lose and get beat up, and then after the pin, um, Carmella attacks Asuka. I, I don't see why he needed to get away. I don't know what the benefit is to him surviving that. So they could do it again um, later. Also, um, Daniel Bryan and Kane versus the Usos... Um, I mean, is is pretty good stuff. Yeah, that's that was a top, a top notch uh, tag team match. It's really hard to to complain about that match, um, especially, you know, like it, it goes back to what you were saying about the quality on SmackDown versus the quality on Raw because we got two tag team matches from Roman Reigns, um, one with Bobby Lashley against the Revival, and one with Seth Rollins against Dolphin Drew. And 
I, maybe it's just me. I don't think those matches were nearly as good as what we got from Daniel Bryan and the Usos and Kane. Team Hell No and the Usos, let's just say. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think. I'm just looking at whatever at my other notes from uh, this week. Um, AJ Styles versus Aiden English. Um, oh, that's another complaint I have is I, I don't need the happy Rusev Day mic flag. I, that I know that's very small. <laughs> that, that that should be the Miz, dude. That that should only be the Miz. This, they they're trying to strike while the iron's hot on Rusev Day, which I I mean I got to give them a little bit of credit for that because usually um, WWE is known for striking while the iron's cooling down. I could still make that argument here. I mean, Rusev was at his all-time hottest a, f- a couple of months ago. I mean, he's still hot, and I'm happy he's getting his shot now. But it just seems like once they go for it, it's so over the top. The new shirts, the mic flag, everything is just so, so, so overt. How um, much of that do you think is on on the wrestlers, though? Like, how much of that do you think is Rusev? Because I remember when Jericho um, was in the midst of his heel run... He he said like yo he turned down like a bunch of new merch and like t shirt money because he wanted like he wanted to be the heel so like he he gave what he gave up in merch and shirts he more than made up for in other ways but do you think that Rusev is just like yo this Rusev Day thing is hot and he's just taking every idea that has to do with Rusev Day to keep it keep it no um, I I, I I doubt, I doubt Rusev has very much to do with any of it. I, I imagine it's all a decision of based on what they're seeing people saying and reaction. And it's like, let's go for it right now. Um, and listen, I'm, it's great. The shirt selling is really cool. I just, I mean, how much does the mic flag help? I just feel like keep that up, you know, the, the specific messing with the mic flag. Again, this is very small time. Who cares? But it, I just saw it and thought. That's that's the Miz. Well, you're a broadcaster, so of course you would uh, you would notice these things. Um, also, I, I, I'm as I for as I remember that Peyton Royce and Becky Lynch had a match. Did you also see that? I haven't watched it yet, but that on Ride Along, uh, Becky Lynch and Peyton Royce so in in Ride Along played an episode of something called like. Mary kill repug or something like that. I or, did not. Or, I did not watch it yet. Um, it was Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. I didn't watch it yet. I did see the clip of them just um, when they found out the news that they were good in the SmackDown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that was kind of cool to see how how um, emotional they were about it. Yes, but they actually did a bit on the show based around the term repug, which is uh, mage. If I do say so myself. It's very mage. It's very I mean, listen. You you may not be Dusty Rhodes, but uh in your own way, you are leaving your imprint on the WWE locker room. It's a great point out of you. Um did you enjoy seeing Sanity attack the New Day? <laughs> Unfortunately I did. I, I like I like these random sanity attacks and um I like that it I like that it was the New Day because then I hope that we can get some good three-on-three action out of um, 
Sanity and the New Day. I think they match up well, and I'm I'm looking forward to to seeing what they do. Hopefully at Extreme Rules, but if not, I'll wait for it. So, Sanity so far has attacked the New Day, and they've attacked the Usos. So, yeah. who do you think? Who do you think gets the first crack at Sanity? Um, in terms of you know getting their revenge for these attacks, is it the New Day, or is it the Usos, or do they team up? to go at sanity for some reason um i i'm i'm assuming new day now based on the way it played out um which i mean it does leave sort of the usos in an in-between spot you know because this week they were just playing the the opposition to team hell no and they're not involved in the pay-per-view um and that does that's a larger subject for me is my concern about the Usos being sort of stuck in the middle right now, but yeah, I would say the New Day. You have you have a thought? I, well, I don't know. I just thinking about it right now. Um, I feel like I like the idea of the New Day versus Sanity, um, but then, the, like you said, what happens to the Usos because they're they're not in the tag title picture, um, and then they're were just fodder for Sanity a couple of weeks ago, last week. And so, you know, you have to do something with them. They're incredibly talented. Still, still, in my opinion, the best tag team in the world. Do you just move on from them that quickly? Um, I was just curious about what your thoughts were, though. Yeah, no, I don't know. And I really, I, I want, I'm re- really ready for the Usos to be on Raw. And I don't know how you do it. But it feels like the Usos need to change. It just feels like they they ran with the New Day. They did Breezango. Um, they the Bludgeon Brothers. You know, I guess there's if in theory they could go back to the Bludgeon Brothers because they really just serve to be fed up to the Bludgeon Brothers. Um, so there could be something to bring them back there and and win the titles back, but. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little lost on that. I'm not sure. Hey, yeah, SGG, uh, um, uh, real quick, do you, um, it's been a while. Do you have black power rankings? I do have black power rankings this week. Uh, I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all. I'm blickety black, black, well, black. Well, then let's get right into it. All right, so. This week's Black Power Rankings, um, I'm going to be honest. We didn't get a lot in terms of quality black wrestling this week. Oh, but no. We, we, we just did not. But in at number three, despite this, um, is Ember Moon. Because she had a quick yeah. match with, uh, with Liv Morgan. That's and right. despite it being a, a quick sort of squash match... Uh, Ember Moon was allowed to do what she's been doing since she showed up on Raw, which is um, display her talents and and show exactly why she was given such a prominent spot in NXT and just how good she is uh, on the on the main stage. So Ember Moon is coming in at number three. Um, in at number two, talk to me is Bianca Belair. Ah, uh, yes, the newlywed. 
Yes, the newlywed Bianca Belair. Congratulations to um, both her and Montez Ford. But she's coming in at number three because she is doing some of um, the best work on NXT. And I know when we talk about NXT, uh, a lot of the times the focus is on the men and how great they're doing. But even even while she is enjoying her honeymoon, she managed to send back a, a video message for the women of NXT to just let them know that she she still has her eye on the prize. And um, inside and outside the ring, she continues to be growing and be entertaining. And so she's coming in at number two, um, even as she enjoys her honeymoon with Montez Ford. And in at number one. Yes. And I, I, I'm first of all, congrats to them again. Enjoy yourselves. Literally enjoy yourselves. And she is going to be a big star. Bianca Belair yeah. is going to be a big, 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 big star. All right, go ahead. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, hopefully, plenty, plenty of uh, women's championships in her future. But in a number one, um, I got to go with Keith Lee just because um, that match I mentioned, Keith Lee versus Donovan Dijak, who is now at NXT. Um, they let him keep his last name. I think he's Chris Dijak now. But that match was insanely good, and it really has me excited to see um, what he's able to do in NXT. And I mentioned uh, that he was the PWG champion. Um, he held this title this year. And, you know, the other guys like the that have held that championship is like a who's who of some of my favorite wrestlers right now. You know, KO held it, AJ Styles, Sammy, Daniel Bryan, uh, Adam Cole, Ricochet, and uh, now Keith Lee is a former PW champion who's also in the WWE. So I'm expecting him to get a prominent spot and really be able to, to show his talents and shine. So he's coming in at number one just for putting that ink to the paper and signing that NXT contract. All right, there you have it. Another remarkable Black Power rankings from SGG where the number one man in the rankings did not actually wrestle a match this week. But that's what makes the Black Power rankings so exciting. You never know what so you're going to get have a mailbag. You also never know what you're going to get from the Cheap Heat mailbag. And I'm digging in it right now. Oh, yeah. This is what the people really want. Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. Chris writes us and says, Have you seen this man? Whatever happened to the former Cheap Heat Universal Champion, Fufu Shmashma? How can you bury such a world-class talent that you once held in such high regard? Should I... Should I put Fufu on a milk carton? Oh, man. Uh, you know what? One day when the 30 for 30 comes out, I think we'll all get a better yeah. understanding of what happened to Fufu. But, um, yeah, right now it's, it's been a tough, it's been, since he's been future endeavored, it's been a tough time for Fufu. Um, yeah. Luke writes us. P, love the show. Day one-ish for reals. As far as that weasel boo maker goes, he was always playing the Genetti to your HBK, and he knew it. He couldn't hide his resentment any longer, and he chose to take his tired, this is incredible, high work rate, low charisma act elsewhere. <laughs> he even stole a page out of the Chosenberg playbook. By getting a black co-host a la SGG, who is the true running mate you deserve. My question is this. How about a Roman turn involving the Shield members where Roman teases a heel turn, 
several weeks in a row with a possible scenario finally playing out with Roman holding a chair and standing behind Seth and Dean similarly to the way Seth turned years ago. Bravo, Luke. Bravo would be tremendous. What do you think, SGG? Uh, I do. I would, I would agree that would be tremendous. Uh, as much as I like face Roman, I'm not going to sit here and say that because I like face Roman, I wouldn't enjoy um, heel Roman, especially if done the right way. Uh, I think he can do it solo. I think the pieces are there for him to join up with somebody like the AOP. Um, even if the Usos come over to Raw, like you suggested, and join up with Roman, um, I think that could work. Uh, but yeah, I, I'd, I'd be into it. All right, Anthony writes us and says, How you doing, P? First time, uh, long time listener, first time emailer. <laughs> I, I have one thing to say and one question for you to ponder. First off, I'd like to step in and defend stat guy Greg. Does he enjoy delicious chicken? Yes. Does he often come equipped with exactly zero stats most episodes? Sure. Does he make outlandish statements from time to time? Of course. However, way too much heat getting put on a man who speaks to his convictions and thinks outside the box. Second idea to ponder. This idea would be hands down Vince and WWE's greatest work of all time. This would be Vince's swan song, the pinnacle moment of his illustrious career. It would also be something in my eyes unforgivable and would end my wrestling fandom. Here it goes. I'm intrigued, aren't you? SUG? What did he say? I was waiting I for the question. Uh, okay, no, I said I'm intrigued, aren't you? I am. I, I, I'm. I'm on the edge of my seat. Like, all right. Well, here he when, goes. When he, he says, set it up like that, like it's hard to. It's hard to not. Not want to know where this is going to go. Is it possible in any shape or form that Vince himself is behind the current lunatic we have in the White House? <laughs> Wait, we all it? know the is relationship that he is behind Donald Trump. We all know the relationship is there. We all know they most likely talk here and there. We all know Linda got a job in the administration. We all know there's been a war against the NFL at the same time Vince is entering the football game. Is it likely? No. But could it be that Vince is behind the creation of the heel to end all heels? The entire presidency is an orchestrated work for the eventual reveal one day at a future mania. I was skeptical myself, but as things add up, I'm not so sure anymore. What better moment in Mania history would there be than Mueller dropping a hammer down just in time for Mania in New York where Trump began his his career? Vince comes out to the top of the ramp and gives one last epic, you're fired. And the impeachment <laughs> proceedings begin. Sure, it may be a storyline too dastardly for America to handle. But for Vince, he finally played the part of Dr. Frankenstein and brought a living, breathing monster to life. Stay mage, my friends, and as always, enjoy yourself. Um, as much as I love the idea of Vince yelling, you're fired on the ramp at WrestleMania. No, I do not think that this is a, uh, even though Vince is a genius, I do not believe this is a Vince McMahon work. Well, this, this um, two, this is two parts to that question, though, right? Because, 
Do you think it's a work that Vince is going to orchestrate, you know, like some type of mania tie-in with Donald Trump's presidency? Probably not. But, but the idea that maybe Vince um, and Donald had a conversation that ultimately led to Donald Trump running for president. That's a thing oh, I well, could that's see. A se- that's a separate question. Even giving him advice on how to, you know, create a character. I, I, that I can see. But... I don't think to the extent, I mean, I think he was being hyperbolic, but Jason writes us, the subject is Shoemaker is the heel. Just listening to this, <laughs> just listening to this week's cheap heat. Shoemaker basically aligning himself with the heel manager Simmons and hit you from behind with a steel chair. They cut a promo against you. Clearly the maker of shoes is the heel and you're the face. Clearly. P.S. I totally popped too when I heard I got two words for you. Enjoy yourself. Did you hear that last week, Greg? I did. It was amazing. It was a great email, right? Yeah, that was the way. That was the, that was dope, man. Here is another one about Shoemaker. Cheap Heat versus wait, wait, the Maker on, of on, Shoes. Hold on. Whoa, Why whoa, is, whoa! What? what? There's a lot of Shoemaker talk on this. I hope we're bleeping his name out because he needs us more than we need him. And that goes for, no, for him, for us, and for the cheap humanoids that, that he left behind. Listen, I'm not so small that I'm going to bleep out his name, okay? if we, You know, matter of fact, if I can help him out, I will, you know? Listen, I, I help people out. I help Joe Budden. I give him content. Talk about him on the radio. Give him promo. Hate me all you want. I don't care. Same thing with Shoemaker and Simmons. You Whatever what? we can do to help help their little You're website, right. good. Maybe it'll help his family. That's great, man. <laughs> all we do here is help other people. We're doing it for the people. So right. don't even worry about that, SGG. Here's the message. Hey, Pete and SGG. Big fan of the show. I've especially enjoyed the building feud between Cheap Pete and the maker of shoes. However... After weeks of accurate accusations regarding the snake Bill Simmons and the maker of shoes, a.k.a. Hollywood Dave, their camp has remained almost completely radio silent. My question is, at what point do we start considering these two heels complete jobbers? The Cheap Heat gang basically mopped the floor with them. It may be time for you guys to move on to bigger and better feuds. Enjoy yourself. Gates H from Falls Church, Virginia. You know, nah, it's worth thinking I, I about. I feel like I feel like we're brawn with the briefcase and their KO. Um, indie darlings, very capable. They have a fan base who's gonna love them no matter what. We don't need to bump them around, push them around. But uh that's just how it's gonna be for the next couple of weeks. Uh, we're having fun with this. Their porta potty moment is yet to come. And uh, we're done with them when we say we're done with them. All right. I hear you, and I'm down to keep the war going. And be- get this, guys. We have a lady who has written into the mailbag. Yes, a woman has emailed RosenbergBeats at gmail.com. Renata, what's up, Pete? Long-time listener, first-time writer to the mailbag. I would classify myself as outside your normal wrestling fan, Hot 97, open, late, Yankee fan demographic. A 33-year-old female Red Sox fan living in Westchester. 
Um, the good part, not the not Sam part. Oh my gosh, burying Roberts. Love it. <laughs> I am writing you as I dry my eyes after watching the Iconics play Kiss, Mary or Repug on Right Along on the network. Not only is it hysterical to watch your catchphrase get over, I'm also picturing you at home watching it and popping so loud that you've woken hashtag bear the valet from a peaceful slumber. Congrats for the shout out in that show and we may we start seeing Masked Man is Repug signs on Raw. Ooh, that's a mage idea. I love it. Yeah. Now allow me to take a minute to address slash cut a promo on the Peckerheads who might come after you or judge you on another notch of success on your proverbial championship belt. Do I love it every time you put over artists who I don't even know for your late night show? No. Do I always want to hear you spit some political game? No. Do I agree with SGG's unconventional views on his Mount Rushmore? No. But guess what? (laughs) But guess what? I'm entertained. And sometimes I learn something or I'm exposed to something new. Isn't that what it's all about? Sit back, relax, and enjoy yourself for once, and maybe you'll understand what it means to be with a life. To it, what it means, what it means to be hashtag with a life. Peckerheads, hashtag heal Rosenberg is here to educate you and enable you to open your mind. And if you don't like it, there are a couple of marks out in L.A. that would love to have your close mind <laughs> us. Looking forward to the cheap heat summer slam party. I've never been to one, but hope to try to make it to support, to show support for a great product. Renata. P.S. If I had to play Kiss, Mary, or Repug on the cheap heat cast, it would be Kiss, Pete, Platonic on the cheek, like my Italian family. I've got too much love for a fellow baseball fan, Alexa. Mary, Bear, Repug, SGG. I can't with, <laughs> I can't I can't with you and your opinions on Canadian wrestlers and Samoans named Joe. <laughs> I wow. love them all. All Samoans named Joe. Uh, G- uh, Jesus writes us and says, catch the Buddy Murphy versus Mustafa Ali match from 205 Live this this week. Solid, methodical build into some crazy-ass spots. Great stuff. Um, all right. I will. I actually watched a little yes, bit. I've heard week. good things about that match. Ooh, look. Hi, Peter and SGG. This is from Joey. Huge fan of Cheap Heat for years. Been to all the live shows. And if this year's SummerSlam gathering is anywhere as mage as last year's, we're all going to enjoy ourselves. And by the way, we need more Enjoy Yourself signs. And I need to make an Enjoy Yourself shirt, obviously, for SummerSlam. Yeah. Um, that seems, it's, to, it's that seems to be where we're going, right? It's overdue um, at this point. And does it say Cheap Heat on the front or does it just say Enjoy Yourself on the front? Yeah, I feel like you got to say enjoy yourself on the front. Anyone out there listening who's like does design and wants to send us some potential t-shirt designs for enjoy yourself or cheap heat, whatever you you want, send them in the in the mailbag, rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. Two things. We've seen the Sasha Bailey feud in NXT and it's one of the best feuds in NXT history. It has the potential to be a main event on Raw or any pay-per-view or surefire barn burner. Why, oh why, do they make a joke of the storyline with the counseling session with Dr. Shelby? It's unnecessary and downright rude to to Sasha, Bailey, and the fans. Thoughts? Why does Roman keep calling Bobby Lashley Bob? Happy 4th <laughs> and enjoy yourself. Um, well, we obviously already answered our feelings on the Bailey thing. And I got to tell you, 
I'm not a big fan of a lot about Lashley and Roman. I do love Roman calling him Bob. Me too. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things uh, about the feud. Um, I, I, although I, I have to say, I, I feel like that feud is sort of interesting. It, I'm, I'm more into it than I thought I would ever be. Um, I feel like Roman is bringing out the best in Bobby Lashley. And Bobby Lashley is making people not really hate Roman as much. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I, for me, I end up feeling basically the same. I don't know how I feel. Like, the, Sam, Sam and I had a conversation after Money in the Bank where he felt that you should put Lashley and Roman together. I totally disagreed and think keep them far away from each other unless you want, unless you don't care about how either of them are viewed. I just think with with characters that are not doing great, do they benefit from being near each other? And I don't know if I've seen any benefit. Well, I'll tell you by the time the story's over. To me, though, I think you're better suited putting them with people who could make an impact. But maybe the maybe the idea is you stick them both together. One of them will come out. One of them will be in the in the toilet, yeah. and it's better and it's better than both of them being in the toilet. I think they're making each other interesting, though. I I, I cannot lie, I really do. Um, because Roman's big criticism is that is the way he is on the mic, and as much as people um, still want to knock him, the way he calls Bobby Lashley Bob and like the way they go at each other on the mic makes them both way more interesting on the mic to me than when they were doing literally yeah, anything I mean- else. Yeah, I mean, listen, watching Bob walk away last week was sort of interesting, and Roman really being selfish and going for it himself. Um, Terrence writes us, I'm groggy, I'm on my way to work, I'm pulling up to the Bay Bridge Toll Plaza listening to Get Up. I was a little late into the show when I cut it on, I was just hoping to catch some news about some late night NBA free agent signing or something. Then out of nowhere, like a well-placed RKO, a familiar voice shatters my zombie like haze, as if Stone Cold just interrupted a Vince McMahon promo. To my surprise, sitting across from my guy Jalen Rose, the self-proclaimed Shark Negro, is the hashtag with a life guru, aka the Podfather, aka the Mage One, aka sweet sweet Peter Rosenberg. You killed it, by the way. I'm not surprised ESPN put your talent on. Just didn't expect to hear you in that moment. Way to embrace embrace the face turn. By trying to save Beetle from her repug World Cup picks. You also did a great job showing the world that it's almost un-American if you don't hold some level of wrestling fandom. Even if you had to pick some extremely safe top five picks to do it. Hold this beer, maker of shoes. Anyway, the whole thing was dope. Congrats on all the success you've enjoyed so far. And I'm looking forward to seeing what comes up next, Pimp. Stay mage and enjoy yourself. I like all um, the AKAs. He got them all. He got all your AKAs in there. Somebody, um, yes. one of these other emails called you Chosenberg. I like that one too, though. <laughs> That's my, that might be my favorite. Cho- Chosenberg, Hip Hop Mike calls me Chosenberg. It was a, originally created actually by Homeboy Sandman many years ago. I did not know that Jalen Rose, uh, used Shark Negro. Did you know that? I did not. It's, it's like, it's a play on Sharknado, correct? I believe so. Might be one notch of a reach. Might be. <laughs> don't 
don't know if it, it to to make something the same as something else, you have to have it rhyme a little. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but he's not a like, rapper though. He's just trying to be clever. I'd really liked. I will tell you though, working with him yesterday, I really enjoyed working with with Jalen. I did. Um, dear Mage One, I've had this idea since Braun won the briefcase. You give Braun a legit title shot again. Sorry, I'm struggling today. I've had this idea since Braun won the briefcase. You give Braun a legit title shot against Brock at SummerSlam. Have the match be brutal. Have Brock win a 50-50 contest. And as Brock is staggering up the ramp victorious, Braun stirs and cashes in for an immediate rematch and wins. I, I love uh, that. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. That is brilliant. Because everyone keeps talking about how everyone keeps talking about how he should use his briefcase for for SummerSlam. Why? He should just get a match at SummerSlam and save the briefcase. Yeah, no, I I really like um, what that listener suggested. I I was of the camp that he because honestly he has the briefcase so he can force a match whenever he wants. So even Brock Lesnar saying that he's not going to show up shouldn't be a thing, and Braun saying that he's going to wait for Brock Lesnar to show up also shouldn't be a thing. Um, forcing to show up with the briefcase, but if Braun is able to get a match <clears throat> without having to cash in his briefcase, I think that's the way to do it. We have a lot of other great messages here. I may not have time to get to. Jimmy LeBeau wrote us. Jamal, T. Atkins, Anthony Cologne. Um, shout out to everyone who sent messages. Also, I realized that our theme song, if we were allowed to have it cleared, really should be the Jackson 5, Enjoy Yourself. <laughs> That's such a bop. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself for me. If, if not the um, intro, I'll, that should be how we close out. Oh, yeah. It sh- absolutely should be. Um, if you want to hear that song, I put up a Michael Jackson mix, mix on Rosenberg Radio. Two parts so far. Plus a 45, minutes, uh, 45 mix for July 4th. Go check that out as well. RosenbergBeats at gmail.com. You can hit us on the Twitter. Hit us on the Instagram. SummerSlam weekend. There will be an event. I'll get you the details soon. Also, uh, go check the Get Up episode if you haven't seen it. The Chance the Rapper Open Late, which is up on uh, Complex still, the season finale. Check also, to remind you guys, still there. you know what? Binge them. Um, we are about to hear from Alexa Bliss, so don't go anywhere. My phone are with Alexa Bliss coming up right now. We talked about uh, what she thinks of Ronda Rousey. Um, the irony of being sort of a, such a heel when she's a babyface in real life. Um, and all kinds of things. So, plus the house show at the garden this week, which is going to be great. Undertaker, Rhonda, Roman, and all that stuff. So hang out for Alexa Bliss. SGG, I'm off to the beach at Bethany Beach, uh, Delaware this weekend. I hope, I hope that you stay mage. And Peter, I hope that you enjoy yourself. Here's Alexa. Hey, Alexa Bliss. Hey, what's up, Peter Rosenberg? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic. Um, Alexa, you will be at Madison Square. Actually, let me start from the top so we can air this today on the radio. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I said earlier it's going down, and it is Saturday night, Madison Square Garden, a house show, um, a non-televised event, which is my favorite thing at Madison Square Garden. WWE's there. 
Ronda Rousey's there. Roman Reigns is there. The Undertaker's there. But most importantly, Alexa Bliss is there, and she's with me right now. How are you, Alexa? I'm great. That was a one heck of an introduction, though. My goodness, thank you. It was solid, <laughs> wasn't it? I put you, uh, I, I put you above the Undertaker. Yeah, I know. That's why I was like, oh man, where's he going with this? <laughs> um. So first of all, um, Garden Show tickets available at Ticketmaster.com. Who do you have a match with on Saturday night? Um, I actually believe that I will be guest refereeing a match between Nia and uh, Ronda Rousey. Oh, wow. Guest referee. Do you have a lot of experience in this regard? Um, I have refereed three matches before, um, one being in NXT. So, I mean, it is a very hard job. You wouldn't think it, uh, you wouldn't think that like refereeing is really like this crazy intricate thing, but it is. It's so hard. Now, I have a question for you. When, when you wear, when you referee, are you going to wear like long slacks and a referee short shirt, or are you still going to be wearing like poom poom shorts and the whole Alexa Bliss getup? You know, I haven't decided yet. So the first time I ever refereed, I wore a black poofy skirt and a referee top. The second time, it was a last minute decision. So I was in yoga pants. So <laughs> we will see what happens this time. Now that I have a head, like a little heads up, I might be able to put something together that's better than those other two options. Are you having fun these days? Your, 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 your rightful place is back. Your women's champion again. You got the briefcase at Money in the Bank. You cashed in. Are you having fun? I am. I'm having so much fun. You know, it's even, you know, without the title, it's a lot of fun. But, you know, when you have the title, it's like, you're on top of the division. You're the, you're the face of the company. And it's just, it's really cool because you get to do more appearances. You get to do, you know, you get to talk to more people. And it's, it's a lot of fun, you know, but it's, there's also a lot of pressure to it, you know, because you have to defend the title at any point. And sometimes those are in stipulation matches, like uh, in Extreme Rules. Mm. I just found out this week that Nia Jackson and I have an Extreme Rules match. Yeah. Um, you know, I was hoping to be involved in this match in some way with Bear the Dog as my valet. I love Bear. He's so cute on Instagram. <laughs> Bear's very, very popular. How are your animals, by the way? They are fantastic. Uh, I have dogs and a pig. Larry Steve is uh, currently chewing on a chew toy, which is fun. Now, real He's quick, like a dog. When you, he is very dog-like. Now, when you got Larry Steve, he was a tiny, adorable little pig, and. Yeah. I remember asking you, how big can he get to? And you were like, oh, you know, like 30, 40 pounds. And I thought, wow, that's actually a pretty sizable pig. How big is Larry Steve these days? Um, I would say he's about 50. 50 pounds. He's, he is like, he's not, see, here's the thing. So he's not very big. When you see him in person, he's really not that big. He's just got a lot of girth to him. Yeah. He's just very round that's- and chunky and... He's got a double chin that's as big as his whole body. But you know what? He's happy. You know? You can't really... I'm going to edit that audio and include it in a drop of you talking about me. Because that is the same (laughs) description I get from people who love me. Um, But you're... I doubt that. (laughs) You're enjoying enjoying your your pig life, though. I am. I am. He is... The cutest little thing. He's he's a butthead sometimes. They are very stubborn, but you know you've got to show him who's boss. So did you um did you enjoy the Money in the Bank pay per view? Let's be honest. Let's just let of everything. Course. You worked me a hundred percent. I <laughs> I I came up to you and said you were in the makeup chair after you'd already won Money in the Bank. So I was like, oh, what are you doing? 
and you said, oh, you know, I have an interview later. And I was like, oh. But I did have an interview later. I told you I had an interview, and I literally did. They actually had to move it back. It was supposed to be right after I talked to you, and then they moved it back until after the show. And instead, though, you ended up deciding at the very last minute to cash in. Was that – where does that rank? Where did that night, Money in the Bank, rank for you in your time with WWE so far? Uh, that has to be definitely one of the tops. You know, my first title win, nothing can ever top your first title win. Um, but that was definitely, that's probably number two, you know, two victories in one night. That's, that's never happened to me before. So that's definitely one of the very top, top, top. I was so nervous too, cause I didn't know if I was going to be able to reach the briefcase. That was my biggest concern. And I don't know, I think, was it you that pointed it out that I tried to reach for it and then had to step up one more ladder step to reach for it? <laughs> I don't remember, but that doesn't surprise me because, I mean, you're listen, you're five feet of fury for a reason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is it scary up there at the top of the ladder? Um, It is, but I'm not afraid of heights. If I was afraid of heights, it would be I would not be able to do it because it is so high up. Because you have to think you have the ladder that's, you know, 12 to 14 foot ladder that you're standing on. Plus, when you look down, there's like three feet of from the bottom of the ring to the ground. So you're up that much higher. Do you feel that Alexa Bliss, while while everyone either loves you or loves to hate you, I feel that um, I the other day on the podcast said that you were the what? How did I describe you? Um, the best performer. I said the best performer. I think in WWE today, and I, I was talking about the total package that I think you bring to the table. But that being said, I think a lot of people. Love, love you on the mic. Love what you like, your expressions. <clears throat> but don't necessarily give you credit for the work that you do. Do you feel that you get the appropriate amount of respect for your actual in-ring work? Um, well, first off, thank you. Uh, second, I don't. But here's the thing. I'm a bad guy. Who likes a bad guy that does a lot of flashy things? Do you know what I mean? Like, that's my job is to be hated. And if that means, you know, just coming in when the opportunity is right and capitalizing on other people's misfortunes in the ring, that's what I'm going to do. Now, when I become a good guy, are people going to see a whole new skill set for me? Absolutely. But right now, my job isn't to wow the crowd with my in-ring ability. My job is to be hated. And that's what I love to do. I love to be the person that's hated because people get that much more mad when I win a title because they say, oh, she can't, you know, she can't wrestle in the ring. She can't do this. She can't do that. I can. I'm choosing not to because that's my job, not to. <laughs> and the, the fact that when I win, they get that much more angry, that means I'm just doing my job that much more. Do you ever get, uh, is it ever uh, super ironic to you that you are this like sort of hateable bully, but you've been very forthright since you first came on the scene about the fact that you have your own body image issues that you've worked through and health issues that you work through. And now the character Alexa Bliss is like mean and and sort of body shame Nia Jax at times. Is that irony ever like not lost on you that it's kind of crazy how far removed that is from the life that you've lived prior to this character? Well, the reason that I have chosen to take it this far with it is because, you know, these are real situations, you know, these things happen. I've lived through it. And, you know, to be able to 
you know, make this story as real as possible, you have to commit to it. And I remember uh, speaking to Naya before, you know, WrestleMania, and we wanted to make this story mean something because we both have had our body issues and we both have had this, this ideal of wanting to portray positive body images in people. And the thing is, is you have to commit to that. And that's why, you know, I've been able to get Alexa Bliss's, like, you know, character to this deeper level to where, you know, people look at me and they're like, God, you're just rude. And like, but that's, that's what it takes to give the story meaning, to give the story investment, because we care so much about this issue. We wanted to make it as real as possible to show this really happens. And at the end, you know, the good guy will prevail. And that's what happened at WrestleMania and Backlash. And so it was just one of those things that, you know, obviously I don't, really feel this way but about like the bullying and body shaming and stuff like that because I've had it done to me so what I had to do was I had to think I have to be every girl I went to school with you know yeah. there's always those girls that will that will pick on you that'll body shame you that'll that'll just you know just make your life miserable and I had to take everything in me to portray that and I actually at one point visualized these girls that I went to school with when it came to doing the um the promo when uh Mickey and I were in the locker room. Mm -hmm. That was that um, was that was maybe one of the best parts I think of the whole of of the whole story. Thank you. And uh, it was that that moment I was sitting in that locker room just thinking, and I remember visualizing girls that I went to high school with faces and like portraying them, and it was just like the craziest thing. But this was this was one storyline that I definitely had the most fun with because it was something we both cared about so much. Do you ever get frustrated or upset? This is something that I, I talk about a lot. I deal with a lot personally. Do you ever get irked by the comments on social media? Like, or, or are you totally comfortable being like, I'm a bad guy. They hate me. Or are there moments ever when you go, well, you know what? That was actually just really mean character or not. Like, I, I didn't like seeing that. Um, it's, it's, it's hit or miss. You know, there's times where, you know, I see comments on, Instagram and Twitter and like if you're bashing my character on TV, that's totally fine. That's that's the point. You know, I'm a bad guy for a reason. You're supposed to hate me. But when you disrespect me or my work or myself as a character, as me personally, um, that is not okay. You know, because what we do with WWE is we, we are here to put smiles on people's faces. We're not here to have you judge us as people. Like I always say, would you would you go up to someone that you saw in the airport that portrays a bad guy on a soap opera and just like bury them as a person? No, <laughs> you would say, you know, I don't like your character on TV. You wouldn't say you personally. So that's the only thing that gets me is when people try to come at me personally, right. when they, when they need to realize that, you know, if you're mad at me, it's because I'm doing a good job at my character. <laughs> um, do you ever, uh, someone else who uh, I think has been doing a good job with a very hateable character is the champion on the other show, Carmella. Have you gotten a chance to watch Carmella as champion at all? Yeah, I love it. I think it's great. I love when she was coming out in the tiaras. I love when she named the briefcase Frankie. I actually uh, made a comment about that. He's like, man, Carmella named the briefcase Frankie. And then I had it, and I was like, what do I name it? <laughs> and then, but um, I didn't have it very long. <laughs> yeah, you didn't You didn't even have an opportunity to name it. Um do you get particularly excited for the garden shows? Like, is that, I know that's a thing, obviously everyone says, um, you're from Ohio. You're not like deeply connected to New York. Um, what does it feel like when you perform at the garden? It's awesome. You know, this was, 
this is one of the biggest events we have all year. And, you know, everyone wants to perform at Madison Square Garden. And the fact that we get to perform there uh, pretty often is amazing. And I remember my first show at Madison Square Garden, I had I was so nervous. I had these, like, butterflies in my stomach. I was so excited. But once you go out there and you listen to the crowd, it's amazing. And I've been fortunate enough to have had majority of the garden shows as champions. So this has been really, really cool, but this will be the first time that I'm not actually in ring performing at the garden. So it'll well, you'll be, be really performing cool in a ring, just not wrestling. Right, right, right. So that's, it'll be cool to have a different dynamic this time, and I'm excited to see how that goes. And you're, and you're going to be right up uh, close and personal with Ronda Rousey, who obviously, on television, your guys' relationship, not fantastic, but how impressed have you been with her physically in the ring? You You now just got to start really seeing it um, really up close and personal when, unfortunately, she put you through that table a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, that she, uncalled for. Uncalled for. It was uncalled for. It was totally unnecessary. Um, but she's blown my mind. Like, I, I really did not, pre-WrestleMania, <clears throat> I did not know how special she would be. Have you been impressed? Yeah, absolutely. You know, she, um, she does really well at, you know, her facial expressions, which I always appreciate because, you know, I'm always, I'm a big facial expression person. So I really appreciate that, you know, she has the facial expressions and, you know, it's, it's easy to relate to because, you know, she's actually been, like, hit before. <laughs> yeah. You know that pain, you know, you have that emotional connection to her one way or another when you watch her perform. And, you know, I was very impressed with, you know, her and Nia's match, uh, the match at WrestleMania with Stephanie and Hunter. And, like, it was just awesome. And, like, I'm I'm very, very proud of her. And, um, you know, it'll be fun to see where things go with us. All right, last thing before I let you get out of here. Uh, Undertaker is on the show at the Garden. Tell me a, a, a story about an interaction you've had with the dead man. Have you ever had a conversation of, of uh, that you remember with the Undertaker? I have not, actually. I've maybe, like, have said hi in passing, but it's just, like, because he's always, like, so busy, you know? Like, I only get to see him when he comes back, and when he comes back, everything's hidden, you know, everything is secretive, and maybe I've, like, said hi to him a couple times when we're actually in the same area, <laughs> but... So I've basically, you've done, you've done nothing better than me, because that's as far as I've gotten as well. Right, so it's like, it's, it's hard, though, right? Because when, when everyone's at, you know, a pay-per-view or a TV, everything's just going crazy, so to even pass anyone, it's hard to, you know get time with anyone to say hi, especially the Undertaker. Yeah, and it's hard It's hard to be like, hey, excuse me, Undertaker, I want to take a minute here and uh, chat you up yeah. for a second. Yeah, exactly. Like, hey. Um, Although yeah, I will yeah. say, you are now I like, <laughs> you're you're now getting into pretty rarefied air as a champion. I think if you actually were like, hey, can I talk to you? He'd actually probably be pretty pretty happy to talk to you. You are not. Oh, he's, he's very, very nice. Anytime I've, I've seen or seen him talk to people, he's very gracious, very nice. And I'm sure he wouldn't, you know, just Freaking ignore me, but <laughs> I've never had, I guess, the courage to like be like, "Hey, I know he's a I bit." Some questions. He, listen, the man is the living dead. It's very intimidating. Yeah, it's undeniable. It's very intimidating. I've never talked to a dead person. Before. <laughs> I know. Um, all right, Alexa, have fun Saturday night. Um, she will be refing the match between Nia Jax and Ronda Rousey um, at Madison Square Garden, and good luck against Nia at Extreme Rules. Thank you so much. Later. Bye.